Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Marvel 30 Questions. It's time for Moon Knight 30 Questions, the show where each week we ask 30 questions about the new Marvel Disney Plus show, Moon Knight. I'm Adam Portress, and joining me today, he ain't listening to the guy in the mirror no matter what he says. Sweet Sean Kovacs from the internet. I hate that guy. And he was voted most likely to wish you conchu when you sneeze. Bruce Leslie. Hey, yo! Yeah. <laughs> As as always, everybody. Uh, like I said, this uh, thirty question show where we ask thirty questions about a uh, Marvel product or television program, as it were, uh, where we can go all over the place. A little bit uh, this, a little bit of that. Not a beat by beat show, but we'd also like to get some of your questions on this show as well. So if you might as well email us at marvel thirty q at gmail dot com. And if your question is short, sweet, and uh, Pretty awesome. It'll possibly get on the show here, so uh, please do that. Let's uh, jump into it, boys. Moon Knight, uh, Season 1, Episode 3, entitled The Friendly Type. This first question comes to us from uh, Daniel. Uh, Daniel writes, and I think this is good as kind of like a little recapper here for uh, for kind of new folks as well. How long should it have taken someone completely... Uh, uh, let me start again. How long should it have taken someone completely unfamiliar with Moon Knight to have realized that Mark had a multiple personality disorder? I know the answer is less than three episodes, but in my defense, I thought that the Steven slash Mark dynamic was part of the supernatural avatar world. Did anyone else find this super confusing? That's from Daniel Bennett. Oh, man, I can't answer this. I just had too much pre-knowledge going into it. Yeah, me too. Daniel, this is a really good question, though, because I think that I, I could see where someone will get confused, especially since the storytelling of the show is confusing on purpose, especially with the first episode. You know, you're supposed to be out of sorts watching that first episode, which is kind of sort of like the fun of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, I also can't tell you exactly how many episodes that should be. I, I would hope that by the end of by the end of episode two, you know what's happening. I feel like you have to know by the end of two just by... I don't know, logic of the story and the fact that we got six stories. If you don't know that by two, something's something ain't right. And Danny, and you know what this brings to mind for me is that when I was in school, uh, one of my favorite shows was mystery science theater, but there were kids in high school who hated that show because they just didn't understand the concept of the show. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I like I, I completely and I completely understood why. Like if you're just passively watching something. Why are they talking uh, during the movie? They're trying to ruin in the whole thing. Is it, it are, are those robots? Like, wh- why would I care about this? You know, there's a lot of that kind of conversation going on in high school for me with Mr. Science Theater. And so, you know, like everybody wanted to talk about the stupid improv show when I was like, that show is lame and stupid. <laughs> Let's improv- talk about Mystery Science Theater. Uh, uh, whose line is it anyway? Uh, so anyway, you know, like, I, and I'm not saying that that's how you are. I mean, clearly you are paying attention to the show, but I do understand that if you have no reference point to this, like you're like, oh, this is probably something where, where Marvel is trying to pull a fast one on us. Like I could totally see that it's the thing that Marvel does a lot where they get your expectations up for something and that thing doesn't happen. Like how many times especially with the first couple of Marvel TV series where did people go, Oh, you know, who's about to show up here is blah. You know, 
I mean, and we had, we had happened. it all during the first season of one division. We're just like, you know, Mephisto's right around the corner, eh? Right, exactly. Or you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier. We were doing that. Loki, we're doing that. Yeah. So I mean, and like, I think it was, but finally by Loki, where we were kind of like, you know, Marvel isn't doing any of that. Yeah, it's just like you start to learn after a while. Like, no, this is just us making up a bunch of crap in our head. But hey, right. that's that's they're, they're probably what they want us to do. Poker. No, that's for sure. But I think that's a good point. Is that like. This is kind of a first project for everybody, but the, I, I I will say this: at least we live in a in an awesome world now, to where we not to pat ourselves on the back, but I'm not just saying podcasts like ours, but other like YouTube channels and all of these other places that you can go. Where if you're confused, boy oh boy, there's some cats that'll set you straight. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, there's no secrets anymore. Nothing is obscure. No, exactly. It's called it. it half of my research just kind of goes like, let me see the research other people have done because if they've already done the footwork, there's no way, reason for me to travel those uh, footsteps twice in a row. No, thank you. I've literally had the bull and Adam on everything everywhere all at once because everybody wants to tell me what this movie's about. And I'm, and I got to shut it down because I just want to go into it as blind as I can. No. And it's the best way to do it too. It, yeah. The more, you know, the less, the less, I don't want to say the good, better it is, but you know, you don't want to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say any specifics, but do you know anything about who the cast is, Sean? Yes. Okay, cool. That's, that's, that's half, that's half the, the super fun right there. Let's go on to question two. So, uh, Moon Knight Mark's wife, I think her name is Layla. Layla. What does she, what does she eat out of that jar at the fake passport place? Is It looks like an exotic marshmallow or something. It's just a marshmallow. Yeah. Who keeps marshmallows in a jar? Well, first of all, that's a homemade marshmallow. You should see what they look like. It's, they're like, they're, they're really. <laughs> I need somebody in my life that makes homemade marshmallows. That'd be my new best friend. They're artisanal un- marshmallows. Bro, I'm telling you, artisanal marshmallow will blow your mind. <laughs> Have you been in a situation to have an artisanal marshmallow? I've had a, I've had a couple. They're freaking great, man. I love it. I, like, I, first, first of all, you are straight up lying right now. You've never eaten an artisanal marshmallow. Okay, maybe you got a guy that makes fresh farm grown uh, farm to farm table, table marshmallows. Marshmallow. <laughs> We've got the marsh down here in South Carolina. They bring the mallows up. We mix them together. Boom. Homemade Malamar. You what is your problem right there is you don't free range them marshmallows. You can mark them up 50%. You do them that way. It's real easy. Uh, what words? Oh, so I've heard tale, and maybe there's a little bit of it, that uh, this could be a Turkish delight kind of thing. It's oh, it might somewhat be. like that I as well. I into that, I think, over an artisanal marshmallow. She has, uh, <laughs> she's gone, to, as, we'll, as we'll talk about later in the but show, it doesn't she's have gone to Mariupol. But it doesn't have the, the the that crust around it like a like a Turkish like delight. A little, it looks really tasty, is what I want to say, but I don't know what it is. I think there's several different versions at, at the same time too, because if you'll remember in the uh, I want to say it was Winter Soldier, whenever they had the the Turkish delights coming from uh, from Zemo that were wrapped, those looked different than the ones that he had even earlier. I believe is so that's the correct if, order. If you're making a homemade marshmallow, does it mean you have too much time on your hands or a mental condition? Bro, I I will send you this marshmallow video and <laughs> oh my okay. god, I'm not even kidding. You're gonna be like, bro, I'm a, like, trust me. Show your wife. Your wife will be like, she's one of those oh. people. She's adventurous like that. She Over w- under here, Sean. How many ingredients in a marshmallow? Over under. I want to say seven. I want to say seven. Over under seven for how many ingredients in a homemade marshmallow? I would think. I would think that it's going to be over seven. 
I think it should just be two, like water and sugar, and you fluff it up real good. I will. I will have that answer for you by the end of this episode. Let's go. Please, please don't waste your time on that. I'm curious for myself. Number three, Sean. Is it impossible to make a TV show or movie where you have a scene about archaeology in the desert and not seem to reference Indiana Jones? I think it's impossible at this point. Absolutely impossible. I mean, maybe it'll be like the thing where uh, kids today or maybe even kids when we were kids, you watch a Bugs Bunny cartoon and you don't get the reference, but you've seen the Bugs Bunny cartoon so many times you, you feel like you get the reference. Like there'll probably be a day that day may already be now where kids don't get the Indiana Jones reference, but they think they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, just even the as long as it's not like too overwrought, this kind of like throwaway of like it should be in a museum kind of thing fine a-okay with stuff like that but if when we really get into the hardcore just like it's like indiana jones don't please don't say words like that at least have just like a dig it in the wrong place yeah i don't like like indiana jones don't dig in the wrong place don't say stuff like that that's what i don't want if you want to have like a nice little uh, wink wink notch notch say no more you're good you know but that kind of like over the top where we directly reference it, uh, you can miss me with that stuff. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have either of you seen Sonic the Hedgehog 2? Yeah, it's great. I have not. <laughs> yeah, Jim Carrey is in an Indiana Jones spoof, and he says, don't kill me here. It would be derivative. Yeah. All right. Sorry to spoil that guy. Spoiler warning. Oh, no. It was, well, the, oddly enough, you could say a lot of the same as Sonic 2. Anyways, question number, what, four? Yes, four. four. Have you guys ever got a fake ID? I figure because you guys are a little older Sean, than me by just Sean. a couple I, of years, but I feel like I you guys were in the Sean's primary. Question. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I was the archaeology in the desert without yeah. reference. Oh, I mean, I think Sean needs to answer this. I feel like you're the one of us who had the fake ID. Well, yeah. you're right. I did, and, and you are right to you are right to think that. I totally did. I had to be super careful about where I used it because uh, there were certain places where I, I knew I wasn't going to get away with it because the guy kind of looked like me. It was somebody's brother's old uh, driver's license, ah. and so like he sort of kind of looked like me. So I like I could I could use it in places where like it was kind of sketchy in the first place, but like. But I couldn't use it in different, like I, there, there were, there were places I could never have used it. And so, you know, like, you know, going into it, oh, I'm like, I, I got a 50, 50 shot of this working or not. What I can tell you is I worked with a guy. I went back when I was a working comic, there was a guy who was 18 years old when he started with our crew and we never ran into a problem whenever we would go to a bar. His fake ID was that good. His fake ID was so good. We didn't know how young he was. <laughs> and so he would constantly, like what would happen is that he would, he would tell these stories like, Oh, you know, I was hanging out with uh, my frat brothers and blah, blah, blah. And I would be like, why is someone who's 25 years old hanging out at a frat house? <laughs> like that is the lamest thing I've ever heard. And, and so like he had literally the best fake ID I had ever seen. It was him on the ID. I don't know yeah, how he see, got it. See, when, when you were telling us your fake ID story, Sean, I wanted to hear some McLovin stuff. Like mm. I wanted to hear you went to Myrtle beach and they had like a giant stuck <laughs> your head in the hole when they took your picture. No, it was my buddy's older brother's ID. 
and and it was really sketchy. I mean, I, I like I could get into certain places where it kind of sort of didn't matter, but not every place. Yeah, like I, I grew up in a in a small town, so it's just like there's no way that this is going to work because everyone knows <laughs> you and your parents' names and stuff like that. So it's not exactly like you're going to be getting away with anything. And you know, we weren't going to go anyplace else I, to do any of that stuff. So I always left like the top three buttons of my shirt unbuttoned, and they get a look at that full chest hair and assume I had to be old enough to. Uh, go into an R-rated movie. It's I didn't a, need a fake ID. See, that's at least where my height came into play is that like at least for like R-rated movies and stuff like that, at least I was, you know, you know, a big, a, a sizable enough human being to where they're like, oh, that's not a child. He's, he's <laughs> I like, feel like there was some point in my life when somebody asked me if I had a fake ID and I told him I didn't even have a real one, much less a fake one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford the 30 bucks, man. You know, that actually, and uh, I lost my real ID and I was old enough to be able to buy my own alcohol. And I ended up pulling out that fake ID. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I totally did. And they took it from me. <laughs> I love that. And that is true. That's that's true. That's what we're told to do. It's like, if you have a fake one, you're supposed to take it. That's yours. Yep. And then you got to give it to the cops. <laughs> yep. Fun stuff. I had a friend who had his real ID taken because they swore it was a fake, and it was a hard time getting that back. Oof. Number five, Bruce. Is Layla going to become the Scarlet Scarab? Her name in the credits is Layla El Faluli, which is very similar to Abdul Faul. So I can't help but wonder if they're going down that road. This question comes from Justin Strawn, aka St. Kitts. And Justin, I love this question. I, I got to be honest, I, I have no idea who the Scarlet Scarab is. Yeah, that's why I put this question in for Bruce. I was just like, if anybody knows the answer to, or could at least point us in a general direction of this, it would be you, hopefully. It's a, it's a male Egyptian character from the comics, and I think that we're going to get the, you know, like what they did with Flag Smasher. I think this is uh, Moon Knight's Flag Smasher, perhaps. So, so he's a villain. I think, but don't quote me on that. Mm. I'm not exactly the world's biggest Scarlet Scarab fan. <laughs> No, you're the biggest rhino fan or blob. <laughs> to be honest, I is, thought that is. Scarlet Scarab might have been a DC character until I saw this question. It does sound like a DC character kind of name, though, for real. Justin, I believe you've stumped the band here. Oof. Yeah, somebody oh, deserves the a no prize Scarab. for that. I think, I think he might be uh, the Ruby Scarab is what gave the Scarlet Scarab his powers, according to this. Mm. Oh, yeah. Plus, there's that Scarab floating around in the show, you know, just waiting to bond with the host. Yeah. It's true. All up in the air. Six. I find all the God stuff boring in the show. Do you? Boy, oh boy, do I ever. I'm on the same page with you. Whenever we start talking about the gods, I start going like, okay, what can I look at in the background? Also, it's weird because this is a, a Disney Marvel production, but the way the gods speak through their avatars, it makes me feel like a 70s thing that couldn't afford to like give you good effects for a god. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like You don't have to do a whole lot of CGI. You don't have to have a bunch of actual gods talking, which might hold my interest a little bit better. I did find that curious. Now, maybe, and, and I watched it twice and I didn't quite pick it up either time, but like, do we know why all of the them are gathering together and convening via avatar and why that would have to be as opposed to having their, I don't know, bodily forms there or something. I'm sure they made some kind of pact not to come back into the earthly plane or something like that. But we see Kanchu jumping around all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, well, but he's been banished to earth. Right. I mean, that's the whole. Yeah. I guess you're right. 
maybe and they're, they're just trying to summoning. bring Amit back because apparently Amit can't come back on his or her own. I think it's her own Amit. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. But yeah, the God stuff is like, I, I don't know why. It's just like, it's, that was always a p- part of like, you know, the history and stuff like that, where they are like I, any Greek history, stuff like that, the, like the Greek, I, no, no, thank you. Uh-uh. Just with the Greek stuff, with the Greek stuff, like your 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 major level god stuff, like I'm all about that. But yeah. anything anything beneath that, it's just white noise to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, number seven, Adam. This one comes to us from Joe. Joe writes, "How many days do you have to walk on glass before your feet would get used to it and it wouldn't cut you anymore?" That's from Joe S. Now I've got a theory on this, Joe. I think if you really are into like punishing yourself, it's like working out. You give yourself off days in between workouts so your feet get tender again. Because if, if it's the glasses in the sandals every single day, it gets to the point where you just don't even notice it. It's like background noise. But let's say you only do it on special occasions. You're going to be well aware that you're walking on glass on those special occasions. I'll say this though, like even as when when we're at the tribunal there and everything, and he's kind of walking around in the room, you can still hear the little glass. Yeah, the they do do the stuff. glass just, glass crush. It's enough in there to where it's just like oh, like and it just it makes you heebie-jeebies all over. Just for like like no, please make it stop. I don't need this. Does he need the cane because of the glass? In his shoes, like if he didn't have the glass in his shoes, would he need that cane? Oh, maybe that's what he does is he puts the glass in the shoes so he can justify the cane. He's like, I don't really like it just for fashion. I feel like I need it for some sort of uh, ailment, and I do that by giving myself glass shoes. So here's a question. Is the glass like socks? Do you need clean clean glass every day? Or do you just like scoop it into a little bowl at night and then use that same glass the next day? Can someone clean my feet glass for me? Yeah. <laughs> you throw it in the dishwasher, pull it back out. <laughs> you put them in a little sack and then just throw it in the washer. <laughs> it keeps it all in there. And then you just load it back in the shoes the next day. Uh, sorry, we didn't put your we didn't put your shoe glass through the dryer. It's going to be a little wet today. Oh, man. They got spots on them. <laughs> I would say the glass in your shoe is like, like you eat pizza on Friday, and it's exciting. You eat pizza every day, and it's depressing. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, not a, it's not a bag of fun, that walking with glass in your shoes. Number eight. <laughs> uh, were you surprised when Mark admitted he was unwell? I, Mark I, I, admitted I, he was unwell. I really was. I, I was surprised that it happened actually, because he yeah. seems to not, at least the Mark character specifically doesn't seem to like, like he's, it seems like it was all part of a plan until he, he says he's unwell. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that was the thing is that it just seemed like for this character, the Steven character, sure, the 100%, he would have been like, oh, things have been going crazy. I don't know what's going on. I'm out of my mind. Please help me. Please help me. But Mark was that kind of, uh, you know, for lack of a better, Harrison Ford kind of Indiana Jones thing. Or, I'm going in. I got this. No worries sort of deal. But when he realizes like, okay, you know, if I step back, perhaps things have not been going well. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did not accept. Like he admitted it right away, and I didn't mm-hmm. know if he'd even admitted it to himself. He just seems more stubborn, or like he's really not wanting to go along with this. But I, I was surprised how quickly he said yes. I was too. You know, I do have to say that they they're doing a pretty good job with the character development on this show, and and you know, for the most part, they do. They've they've done a good job with all of the all of the shows that way. Um, you know, whether or not we find them boring or not, but I mean, you know. Yeah. 
I think I think the last episode of Hawkeye, we were all kind of like, oh man, is this thing over finally? Like, <laughs> all like, right, there we go. I, I liked Hawkeye. I did too, but I mean, come on, that last episode, come on. But you don't want it to be like network television where there's 20 of them. Definitely not. That's the that's the nice thing that that all of these premium channels have given us is like, and even network cable has been kind of pumping the brakes on show numbers. That's that's what I'm saying. And I know this isn't about Hawkeye, but Hawkeye played into Christmas so much that it immediately lost all its appeal on December 26th. It's true, (laughs) but that's what I'm. That's kind of what I'm talking about here. Number nine, Sean. Oh, secular man, our old pal Matthew Vandiver. You have the you have the question of the week because this was absolutely my favorite part of this episode. So Secular Man asks, it's an old standby, especially in anime, to have a bad guy with a knife lick the knife. How satisfying was it to see one of them get punched while doing so? <laughs> More satisfying than words can express, in my opinion. It was it is it is so funny. It, it, it and it's shot like that one scene in Dumb and Dumber where <laughs> where Jim Carrey's doing like the monkey kung fu look, and then he and then he starts doing the gills on the side of his head, like <laughs> and going bleh, 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 and the guy just punches him right in the face. It's shot yeah. the exact same way, and it is so satisfying, and it is. It, not only is it my favorite part of this episode, it's my favorite part of this entire series so far, because it's such a dumb conceit when 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 you see that moment. It's like, why? And to have what are you dude, doing? <laughs> to have that dude punched in the face while that's happening is just the best moment to me. I love it. And the preceding moment to that, where he was just like, you know, they're getting ready. He's like drawing a line in the on the on the ground oh. and everything. And he's like, oh. what, "What are we dancing here? What is what's going on? Are we going to fight or what?" Like that capoeira fighter from yeah. is it Street Fighter? No, Tekken. <laughs> oh, Tekken. Yeah, where you're just like, come on. <laughs> so like, <"Ooh, laughs> what are we doing here? I'm all over the place. I'm like, that's great. I'm just going to punch you now. <laughs> <laughs> Number 10, uh, uh, Haro gets called uh, to a surprise tribunal, and he's hardly shocked as if he just walked through a portal, and now he has to defend himself. What do you think it would take to get this man's heart rate up? Well, Adam, there's a reason for that, because he knows what's coming, because he's been through all of this before, because yeah. he's 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 the former avatar for Khonshu, right? That's, and so he's... That's exactly... Like, I was going to say, it's not his first go-around. It's like you in junior high, Adam... When the overhead intercom says, Adam Portress, come to the principal's office. <laughs> didn't go up. You were used to that. That's, <laughs> th- these things are true. That being said. <laughs> and so, you know, he even says to his followers, oh, uh, I might have to leave at any minute here yeah. to go to a meeting or whatever it is. And so, you know, like none of that is a surprise to him because he's expecting it. But I think that if you're somebody who's walking around with shards of glass in your shoes all day, like you're, 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 you got other things to think about. Your head's probably on a swivel for a couple of things here and there. I would think, yes. And if something comes around, you're probably just like, well, there is glass in my shoes. So this isn't the most wild thing that's going on today. Let's go to walk through this portal. Why not? Number 11. Is it wrong that I laughed when Kanju said, I thought it'd talk after the kid cut his scarf and plummeted to his death? It's not talking about. I do. Absolutely. Because it's not because, again, all of this stuff is shot like it's a comedy. Yeah. 
Like it really nothing. felt like something out of The Simpsons. I'm serious. When it does said, oh, because it's talk. because it's shot like a comedy. You're, you're you're getting wide shots. You're getting you're getting two shots. You're getting extreme close ups for some reason, and so it's all shot like a comedy. So no, it's not surprising that you laughed. I didn't laugh, but I like I could totally see why you would. I, I I laughed as well, Bruce, because it was that like it's this overhead shot, the splat little cartoon body on the on the ground, and like you just see Conchu kind of look over the cliff, like I, I thought he would talk, you know, like like who knew that he would cut it off and just say you know the the, the other god's name and then, but again, that's a that's I I love when you know crazy wild characters just go off and commit suicide for whatever their little cause is because it's like you know then that the group of people that you're dealing with is uh you know a little off kilter if you will i wish i could have been there to say that line myself huh i thought he'd talk <laughs> number 12 has anyone ever accused you of being mentally unwell i've only been accused of narcissism by a few ex-girlfriends <laughs> strangely I've been the one who's tried to convince my ex-girlfriends that I'm mentally unwell and I can't get them to believe it for some reason. Like if it's not their idea, they won't go with it. <laughs> no, I'm nuts. I'm the crazy one. Uh, I've never, never thought unwell. I've jerk. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. Tons of that. You're not depressed and suicidal. You're just using that as an excuse because you don't want to go to my parents this weekend. Well, fair. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you call them like you see them sometimes. But honestly, I think that is it's one of the big things that still makes, you know, plot lines like this in general media, not just this show. uh, Interesting, I think, to the wider variety of, of the public, because, you know, just imagine that you were in this in scenarios where you woke up in the middle of something and you're like, I don't know how I got here. Like having that kind of diso- disassociation with your own body is is quite scary. And not only that, to have someone look at you and say you're unwell when in your mind everything's going along pretty fine, that's a scary thought. If somebody goes, no, seriously, I believe you have some sort of mental issues going on. We need to help you out. But you feel normal. That's a scary, scary thought. And I think that that's yeah. why shows like this continue to kind of work with that format because I think it's an inherently a fear that we may not all, you know, think about out loud and everything, but I think it's something that's deep inside of everyone is, you know, losing their faculties or ability to do things. Yeah, I think absolutely. I, I, I think, uh, uh, well, anyway, back to the question. I don't think I've ever been accused by anyone other than myself but I've definitely pointed that finger at myself about being mentally unwell. So I'm a little opposite of what most folks who, you know, they have to be convinced. I'm trying to convince other people. No, seriously, I'm not right. Well, none, <laughs> of, crazy. Us, none of us are Martin Lawrence. So that's good. It's true. Uh, number 13 uh, on a, uh, on a scare, your on a, scale. Oh, scale. I should have written that correctly. Shouldn't I on a scale of check your horoscope every day to Adam Portress. Where, where were you when Mark broke down on why all of this horoscope stuff is just nonsense? I, I think I was just standing by the side, not getting involved. So what's <laughs> in the middle of that scale? <laughs> I just love it. I love that a show actually kind of said the thing that I've that I say to people all the time. Uh, you know, just I don't want to ruin your you know your your fun little game that you're playing here. But the Earth tilts on its axis, and and when you uh, you know fast forward two thousand years, you wouldn't be born under the same sign that you were born under when the astrological signs were all put together. So all of your stuff means absolutely nothing. 
But I mean, eventually it goes all the way back around, right? Like a clock's I mean, right twice a day or whatever. I, 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 at some point in the future, I would. That's probably going to be true. Wait, and also, I only <laughs> practice the Canadian horoscope. It's based on moose droppings <laughs> and not the stars. <laughs> and, and and also also Adam, let's let's get so, let's clear something up here right now. There's three things that I know that Adam Portress loves to do. Mm-hmm. One is participate in movie discussion. Yes. Two is. Uh, call people stupid. That's true. That's very <laughs> and true. Three and three is ruin someone else's great time. That's also that true. Is, that you really do love to do that. Sometimes, so, yeah. So especially with something that you find like scene number two, where you get to call somebody stupid on top of it, oh. like that is that is <laughs> so totally your bag. It's doubly so, good. So like it, when it comes to like crystals or like a horoscope. Or like, you know, I have 50 angels watching over me. Any of these things here, like you are literally like, okay, look, look here, dummy. Like that, that is, that is such a total Adam Portress thing. Now with all of these things being said, I also feel that same way about horoscopes and all everything that I just mentioned. It's just that I also know that people's belief system is literally what keeps some people going. And so that is why I just shut my mouth and let them keep doing what they do to get through the day. Whereas you have to point out to them that they're stupid for believing in the thing that they believe in. Adam is the rare person who will crap on both science and superstition in the same 20 minutes. It is true. What can I say? I'm a, I'm a diverse kind of guy. Well, usually you say that you're really punk rock, which is like, couldn't be further from the truth these days. Maybe you were when you were a teenager, but that's not the case anymore. It's still deep down in the heart somewhere. Even- sure. <laughs> I believe in nothing, Lebowski. Right. <laughs> Number 14. Man, that guy's a nihilist. Look out for him. <laughs> Number 14. Why didn't Mark turn into Moon Knight when he was fighting all those guys with the knives? Look, Voltron doesn't forge Blazing Sword till the end of the show because he's a showman. Yeah. That's why. Man, there were a lot of knives going at him, though. Like there I, was. We've seen him turn into Moon Knight for less, I think, at this point. There was. Uh, there's a lot of, but I think that there was a lot of, I don't want to kill these guys happening. In, oh, in wait, I, I might have the answer to my own question, but it was like broad daylight. There, You might actually have to have the moon out. Oh, that's an excellent, that's an excellent point. Oh, I that's right. He's, that. I, I didn't think about that. We've only actually seen him at night, and I guess that is. It is rule. true. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's kind of somewhat comic book accurate. Yeah. 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 I've never seen Moon Knight not in dark. <laughs> they call me Noon Knight now. <laughs> Day, man. You don't want to see uh, Moon Knight at brunch. Doesn't seem to have the same kind of feel. Uh, 15, Sean. Both Mogart and Layla have been to Madripoor. Has everyone in Marvel been to Madripoor? It's like Hilton Head. You don't know anybody who lives there, but everybody you know has been there a couple of times. I'm going down there. We had a girl in film school. She was from the Hamptons. And let me tell you, every time we had to hear about the bloody Hamptons, it's just like, do you have any idea how much no one cares about the Hamptons, my dude? <laughs> it's so bad. Just shut up about the friggin' Hamptons. It's like, that's not where we are. We're in Orlando, Florida. You couldn't be any further away from the Hamptons. Shut up. I stayed at a Hampton Inn. No big deal. Yeah, I should have brought that up. That would have been fun. I have a friend you know who got under her skin if you really thought she meant a Hampton Inn is where she was from. <laughs> That's a very Bruce way to go about it. Of course it is. 
Madripoor, though, like it looks like a dope town. It like it's it's crazy. It looks like a, there's a super big element of danger there, to be sure. So uh, you looks know. like there's a, a thriving punk scene there, yeah. which you are a big fan old of. Old school Las oh, yeah. Vegas kind of thing, and uh, you know, put it, why not? lots of murder, a little bit of murder, lots in of there. Uh, Sharon Carter. You got a you got an alcoholic drink back there with a scorpion in it, <laughs> <laughs> or a dead man's toe. Either or, I'll pour it up. Uh, what, 16? 16. Uh, we've seen, we've now seen Mark fade out and back into consciousness during an event. At the same time, we've seen both Mark and Steven fade into a death scene. Is there a third personality that both Mark and Steven can't account for? That's from Bo from Austin, Texas. Yes. Yes. Without a doubt. There's, there's a third personality there that we haven't seen because they keep referencing it. I've I've heard the name on the internet, but I have forgotten what it is off the top Jake. of my head. It's Jake. Jake. Yeah, it's it's one of Bad those driver. names where you're just like, that's a thing. Uh, Jake, such a kind of, <laughs> but not Jake from State Farm. Regular generic kind of Jake name, and they're like, okay, fair enough. And there's a fourth personality, but it's a little red haired girl called the Inner Child. I don't think we'll see that one. Probably not. Not huh? not um, not unless they go to a third season, which I don't even think there's going to be a second season of the show. And then they could cast. Uh, was it Sprite from the Eternals? That'd make a good interchange. Oh boy, for sure. No, more Eternals, like casting, nice. in in more Marvel properties. I'm about to say, am, can I just jump out of a window now? Is that what we're trying to make happen here? Because I can do it, man. It's not that far away. That movie is the you know I said this during our HMP uh, review of this show. By the way, uh, we have another podcast called. Uh, uh, hero movie podcast and we reviewed the movie eternals uh you can go there uh, you can check that out we we did we did it and uh eternals uh, uh is that rare case where the front of the movie is terrible but the back end is great it's like the opposite of a dc movie yeah you, you got like a little bit in the end there they're like oh that was a neat fight scene cool little stuff here move mm-hmm. the for- story forward Plus, and everything and like asked a couple questions to lead up to where things are going yeah you stick around long enough, you get Harry Styles. Yeah. And then you kind of go, like, eh, is that what we really wanted? Okay. Uh, what's the next? Uh, 18. 17. 17. 17. Pardon me. Doesn't using an iPad to interpret your star map feel like cheating? Uh, I, I, okay. A couple things. Number one, that iPad ain't seeing that sky like that. I can tell you that right here, right now. Is <laughs> is. As an iPad owner, that's not a thing. But I will say this: it is cool to take your iPad out and do that kind of stuff. The uh, the Skyfinder like app yeah, or that whatever. Is fun. It's so cool to go out there, especially on those nice clear nights. If you're far enough away from the city, to be sure as well, where you can just point it up and then like you know one to one see all the different <laughs> constellations and stuff. It's amazing how how well they do. But the problem is, is that like, um. I'm trying to think of the science behind it. My guess is like that her, her stuff like looked in real time as to what was there. Yeah, which can't be the case. There's I mean, no it, way that's possible. There's no way. <laughs> I mean, you know, the thing with that Starfinder app because I've used it also is you can point it down to the ground also, and it will also find the. Which is cool because exactly, it's like oh, where's the sun at right now? And you can kind of yes. look through the Earth to go oh, sun's over there right now. Pretty, <laughs> yes, pretty sweet. Because, you know, going back to the Indiana Jones uh, reference and stuff, I've been all my life, I've been geared up for a moment like this. You pull out like an astro lab and you draw some things on paper and stuff and you triangulate it. And you're just popping up the iPad. Oh, got it. Okay, let's move on. Oh, by, by the way, 
put in put in your uh put in your airpods there when you're out with with that app and everything the kind of like soothing sort of music sort of deal that they put on there and when you look up at like a constellation it kind of like changes the music a little bit and like kind of intensifies it up as as something kind of reveals itself it's pretty cool that's I me. prefer to listen to Cannibal Corpse when I'm stargazing. You can do that too. You can put in whatever music you want. <laughs> you want to Cannibal Corpse it up? Have yourself a good old time. I don't care. Eighteen John. guys. I've got a lot of surgeries this week. I'm going to need some Cannibal Corpse on my earpods. <laughs> <laughs> Eighteen. Do you think the cabbie Mark Stift while chasing after the street thugs is going to get his own Marvel show? <laughs> <sighs> I forgot I wrote that question. I want to see a, a team up between uh, him and the, the cab driver from the Deadpool movie. Well, the, the reason why I bring it up Depender, is that everybody... That Depender, yeah. Literally, everybody asks that of every character on a Marvel show. Once somebody's yeah. like, oh, you know what? If I, don't see a, if I don't see a TV series based on this character that we've all seen for three minutes, you know, what are they even doing? Bro, you got to have that in there, man. Spinoff show. Spinoff show. Strangely, it probably could be an interesting show if he moved to Madripoor and he just got to drive (laughs) guest stars from point A to point B. Bro, that would be kind of amazing. (laughs) Okay, listen, Marvel. All you got to do is just get a a cash cab only with this guy and superheroes and villains. (laughs) I'm going to need a mint julep with uh, snake venom in it. All I can think of is that uh, SNL uh, sketch of the ca- uh, of the uh, the taxi cab confessions from back in the day. <laughs> I just see a version of that, but with uh, Marvel characters. Uh, number nineteen, nineteen, uh, with the unfortunate death of actor uh, Gaspard Ueli, I think that's. Uh, it's unknown if we'll ever see Midnight Man fully realized in the MCU, but we can take. Uh, but can we take some time to appreciate that the late actor bringing a strong performance as the character Anton Mogart? P.S. There may have been a slight, uh, a sighting of a middle-aged guys with long hair saying "schwing" around the Aurora uh, area ah. during the 30th anniversary a few months ago. Party on, guys! That's from Aaron from Aurora, Illinois. That is very good to know, Aaron M from Aurora, Illinois. That's great. I love when towns lean into the thing. Oh, yeah. You know, like the future birthplace of James T. Kirk. Like, I love that stuff. The uh, what? What's the uh, the town in Kentucky there that's got like the Superman statue and all that kind that's, of That's uh, Illinois, Metropolis, Illinois. No, there's it's a couple right of them. The, My grandparents it's were, right on the Kentucky border, but I've been to Metropolis, Illinois. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so what's uh, uh, so this the, this guy? Yeah, he unfortunately died like just before I didn't know the show that. came I out. That's my ignorance. I did not know he was deceased. He, he they they have a uh, in tribute to him at the end of the episode. Oh, I saw that it, there was a tribute to somebody, but I just didn't know who who you know. I just didn't recognize the actor's name or whatever. Yeah, it's 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 sad that 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 I mean, just before it, it even like it even hits the air, man. That's that's the even just yeah. roughest part where it's like you can't even see how good things go through and stuff like that. So I, who's to say? I don't know, man. Let's roll into question twenty. Oh, is that me? That's you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got to screen down a little bit. Has any good ever come from opening a sarcophagus? <laughs> yeah, no one ever, who's opened it up and just been like, boy, what a winning plan that was for us and all the good times that came from it. Look, Maybe we just never hear about all the good things that come out of sarcophagi. Look, my name is Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, not Laura Croft with the x-ray machine lady. <laughs> 
Because we got to do a little bit of spelunking. If you get to the end there, what's what's a good sarcophagus if you're not going to open it up and tool around, see if he buried himself with a Game Boy or something? I don't know what those guys did. <laughs> and they put together like these little pieces of cloth to form a star, but then the whole thing dissolves. I never did see if the mummy's curse got out or not. Right, exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff where you're just kind of like, okay, all right, sure. Yeah. yeah, guys, I, I don't tell you if the three of us are wandering through the desert and we discover a sarcophagus, I ain't opening it. It'll be one of you two guys. What are you talking about? You're the first person to open it. Do the oh, two of us? No, I am not going to open a sarcophagus. The two of us would be so easily able to convince you that there's something good in there that you would open it up inside of 20 I minutes. I might poke it with a long stick, but that's it. Yeah, but once it starts moving a little bit, you're going to be like, there might be I'm gold out of in there. there. No way. There Grace, you should, check out, you should check out that sarcophagus. The guy just told me there's Funyuns in there. We do the thing like the... Uh, out of my way. <laughs> Like on Scooby-Doo, where, where Shaggy and Scoob both jump into Freddy's arms at the same time. And you get Adam <laughs> jumping into Sean's arms. Uh, 21, Sean. Where do you buy a necklace that's also two daggers like Layla's? Sword guy? Specialty jewelry shop? If anyone Renaissance knows the answer, Festival. Yeah, that was, I was going to ask. If anyone knows the answer to this question, Bruce Leslie's got to be Option the one. one, Renaissance Festival. Option two, flea market. You can get almost any deadly weapon you need in those two places. Do you own? Do you actually own a sword rack? No, no. I, I free range my swords. Mm. They're around the house just in case. You ever seen like they're those- just sliding around for real? You never know. I might reach behind a curtain and pull out a sword or a dagger at any moment. So you better be on your best behavior at Casa de Leslie. He's a mall ninja. You know how like some people have like a little container that they'll put their uh, like uh, umbrellas and stuff in when they get into the house and whatnot. He has that oh. but with swords. I have yeah. one with a couple of staffs out on the uh, front porch like that. <laughs> he, he's like he's like he's like a reverse penguin where it looks like a sword, but it is actually an umbrella. I'm like the guy who made the mistake of putting the gun rack on the outside of the door instead of the inside, so the arm the robber's arm. <laughs> not, not. I've I've just armed the neighborhood. Oh no! What did I do? The fifth time this month. I don't know what's going on. You, think- you really stepped in that bucket of molasses again, Bruce Wesley. You think after this many times there wouldn't be anything else to take, but they keep they keep going. Good thing you didn't find my butterfly knife hidden in the kitchen. Twenty two. How exactly does religion work in the MCU? Seeing as how in uh, it's in a universe in which your uh, Egyptian gods are real, Norse gods are real, and the Celestials, whatever they are, are a thing, and the Judeo Christian God is talked about, and Daredevil's a, a devout Catholic. That's from Ben from the Netherlands. That's a very good question. This is a great question, Ben. And, you know, I, Bruce, I, I can't remember if there is, is there, is there a, 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 a Christian God in the Marvel universe? Uh, the one above all there, there's somebody that seems a lot like the Judeo Christian God, but I can't quite remember his name. It's, I think it's the one above all or something like that. And, and does, does anyone gain powers through Judeo-Christian God? Only Bible, man. I don't think anybody does. In, uh, <laughs> well, that's not a 616. <laughs> not but yet. I, I think that uh, they've got like a pantheism thing going on there where everything except for the Judeo-Christian God is like a real thing, but they're like supernatural beings that come to be seen as gods. You know, they do I that. see. I see. Because I, I don't remember there being one. But I will say this. I mean, you know, can... When you got all this stuff going out there, it's like, eh, 
Judeo-Christian God yeah, the, comes a lot more easily all. easily thinkable when the rest of this is out there. That's for sure. The one above all is the sole creator of all existence in the Marvel Universe, and I think he's drawn as like a white dude with a big, long, white beard. Ah, just hmm. the old classic Simpsons got five-finger God. <laughs> yes, you know, he's, he's uh, supernatural. He's the special one. 23, Bruce. Oh, man, I'm looking up pictures of Marvel God, and I lost track. <laughs> when Moon Knight is in costume plural is it the best visuals in superhero media right now now define visuals just like from like an aesthetic point of how he looks the special effects how he looks in action the costume design i i just think it's the best thing going right now i really like it to be sure but there's you know like i still think that there's something incredibly special about the Oh, I see you say going right now. Cause yeah. I, I think there's something incredibly special about uh, Iron Man, but I, you know, yeah. Currently I think Moon Knight is probably the best right now. Yeah. I'm going to say post in game is what I mean by right now. Okay. Because what we've gotten post in game um, and Spider-Man, I guess probably is the answer to that. But I really like Moon Knight's visuals. I really, Oh man, Toby Maguire back as Spider-Man. That's really, that's really hard to beat, dude. But, but I gotta say, I like the look of Moon Knight's costume. I do too. I love on it. Screen probably a little better than Spider-Man's. It's just, there's a whole lot else going for Spider-Man. We got yeah. a real good shot of the cape this episode too. The kind of mm-hmm. moon, moony cape, if you will. What is that move he does where he kind of spins around and all of the bad guys fall over? What is that? I think that's a show only thing. Maybe I'd have to look at it again because I think in the, uh, well, anyway, in the comic books, he doesn't seem to have much in the way of superpowers like he does on the show. Well, you know, and he's got a lot of crap to throw in this one. That's for sure. Just like, Hey, Mm -hmm. here's some ah, rocks. (laughs) 24, Sean. Quote, return from the opulence of the overvoid, end quote, has to be a difficult line to nail. Do you think you'd do a good job with that line read? Uh, I spent like five, six years saying this is your portal to portly press to digitation. So I think I could handle it. Oh, that's fair. That's that's quite fair. Uh, I, I practiced this a couple of times ahead of time. And uh, as always, when it comes time to show time, it is uh, like, oh, boy, that's going to be a word that I'll trip over for sure. Uh, so I, I won't embarrass myself by reading the line out loud as of right now. But I feel like if I had a couple of days to work it, I might be able to do it. But the good thing is, is with this performance, at least he's yelling it, uh, you know, so that kind of I, can help with the weirdness of it. I feel like you're going to ha- you're going to have it nailed to get to the last syllable and you're going to keep saying like overlord overdrive yeah. and then. Everybody's going to get real pissed at return you. Return from the opulence of the overvoid. See, the overvoid, it's like it's like it takes a left turn there at the it's last not a syllable. Real word either, so that makes it hard. Yeah, not used to saying overvoid in the Can you get over the overvoid? Did we did we did we not do it and make a match on? But I think that you both I think you both nailed it. Great. We are the best. Return from the opulence of the over crap. Let me start over. <laughs> Overvoid, really? We're going with Overvoid? Okay. All right. Mine's gonna, mine's, I'm going to go a little desperate. I'm going to need you to return from the opulence of the Overvoid. We're all going to die. 
end scene. Thank you. Uh, 25. Uh, I'm beginning to think that Haro is the puppet master pulling the strings. How soon after meeting Steven do you think he realized that Steven was the best option uh, to achieve his goals? That comes from Mo. Huh. I like this thought, Mo. Me too. Me too. Because as we said previously, like he, he goes into the Inquisition there and everything, just kind of very, I know what things are, you know, what everything is doing. I, I Oh, I, yeah. I don't know about any of this stuff kind of thing going on. And yeah, I, I could see this him being the, uh, the, the string puller of all this. But I've also heard people kind of really point to Khonshu as being the like kind of, you know, secret main villain, if you will. Or maybe we'll find out that it's all uh, the lady in the passport office who makes the homemade marshmallows. Never trust a lady with artisanal marshmallows in a jar. I see. I think you can trust them even more because, like, how much time do they have on their hands to be making those things? So, like, you can go to a store and get it for, like, three seconds. But, you know, if you make them, that's a... I bet she goes to a store, she buys it, and she just flattens it out into a square shape and tells people she, she made She it. gets an iron out and just irons them flat and makes them look real good. <laughs> Look, this is a jet puffed. You're not ki- you're not kidding me with this crap. <laughs> That's just burned. That's just garbage. <laughs> Twenty six. Is it just me, or does Conchu seem not all that helpful? He seems to be pointing uh, everybody in the wrong direction. Everyone hates him, so that's usually not a good sign when it's like, well, you're going to walk into this room, and there's going to be six other people in there, and they're all going to hate your guts. Not not usually the guy you need to be trusting. <laughs> Man, he does not seem to be. It's it's kind of the uh, uh, it's kind of like the thing where like, look, I just need all this power right now, but boy, I I hate I hate this guy. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it really feels like. Look, I I hate talking to this guy at work, but he's literally the only one who's going to be able to help me here. I think that's the best possible like analog to that yeah the the guy you really really hope that this thing doesn't go wrong because you know that bob over there is the only one who's going to fix it and you just know that bob's going to be a jerk the whole time Mm -hmm. stupid bobs bob listen i already turned it off and back on would you please come look at it (laughs) i'm sorry did i hear did i hear a please yes i said please oh sorry i'll be over there in an hour 27 do either of you know what a cartonage is? Steven tells Mark to check the cartonage, and I have no idea what that is. I am clueless. I don't know at all what a cartonage is. Well, uh, I, 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 I heard the term the first time watching through. I watched it the second time to try to figure out what it might be, and then I just looked at it. So it turns out like it's the stuff that you make the mummies with. Oh. The kind of well, bandages, if you will. Let me. Oh, it's the bandaging. Yeah. Okay. So according to the thing here, uh, archaeology, the material from which many Egyptian mummy masks and coffins were made, consisting of linen, papyrus, held together with clue. Well, I can't believe we didn't all just know right away. <laughs> it's so like I it's, can't wait to use that word in a sentence now and impress somebody. Just in the American lexicon, banging around there. You know how it is. Oh, man, I got to go way out of my way to get my family to go to a museum now. <laughs> oh, check out the cartonage on that. What, Dad? <laughs> cartonage, you know what it is. Get it's the French say cartonage. <laughs> hey, Brendan Fraser, I know that you did three mummy movies. Let me ask you this question. 
Uh, 28. In this episode, we see that Layla is most definitely out of Mark's league and why Conchu wants her as his avatar. Crackpot theory, one of Mark's other personalities killed her father and prevented him from becoming Conchu's avatar by absorbing Conchu instead, meaning that becoming an avatar very well may run in the blood. Thoughts? That's from Kev, a.k.a. Will Billy. Kev is over my head by at least three steps on that one. One of Mark's other personalities killed her father and prevented him from becoming Conchu's avatar by absorbing Conchu instead. I, so I will say this. According to the, the, uh, the people that I have looked at on this, several different YouTube videos and stuff, seen other people's uh, crackpot theories and stuff as well, uh, there is a point where it, it wasn't obviously this character because this character does not appear in the comics. But uh, Mark did kill the father of a of of a love interest of Mark in the books and stuff. So like not completely out of the the offing here, as it sounds. So I, I kind of missed. I even kind of missed that Conchu wanted Layla as his avatar. I have to apologize for that. Well, because and when you kind of when you rewatch the episode in which and I, I re the I read the question and then watched the episode again and it, it makes a lot more sense when you look mm-hmm. at it that second time, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, she is the one who is far more capable of all of this stuff and it does feel like he kind of got in the way of what was kind of uh, going on. So oh, I see, I see. So it's it's implied that he killed her. F- father to save her father and then have Kanchu come into him possibly Instead i mean of her. Some, something I along those lines yeah to save her from from nobody, if you will nobody thinks that uh uh ethan hawks her father though right no no, no <laughs> okay no. good good she uh, might be a clone like ray or whatever 29 okay guys after three episodes i'm finally ready to accept that this show is giving us a story at face value are you guys on that page still? Man, I, they're they're going to pull a fast one here. You can feel it. It's what, what's in the like writing. This is the episode where the big reveal had to happen if there was going to be a big reveal. Uh, but I think th- there is something there is something underneath the surface of this show. Perhaps. Uh me I am still uh if if, if you'll go back I don't and know, check maybe they Maybe the final episode, the the mid credit scene will be uh, Oscar Isaac like sitting up with a straight jacket on and we won't know what we've seen at all. I don't know, but I feel like this is when you needed the big reveal that maybe he's just insane. And I think now they're telling us, uh, take it at face value. Don't be looking for the presto change slippery slope thing. Ah, uh, man, I think that you're giving up too soon. I think that you're, I think your theory from last week is still in on the table here. He I think that we Patrick just got Duffy. a week off. Yeah, exactly. Patrick Duffy shows up out of the shower. There you go. <laughs> exactly. I uh, I have I have checked the tape. Hey. I have always been on the uh, everything is real going on. So uh, yeah, thanks for finally catching up. Yeah, you've been pretty pretty stalwart on that. Uh, kids, uh, uh, ask your grandparents about Dallas for that <laughs> reference that we just had. Let's wrap it all up with question number thirty. I have watched many scenes where an actor has to act out the magic happening around him. You know, like they scrunch up their face, grunt, and make wild gestures in the air. Then, like magic, the X-Wing levitates out of the swamp or whatever. How well do you think Oscar Isaac did at convincing us he was moving the stars? Thanks, guys. Love the podcast, Kim in San Francisco. Beautiful question, Kim. I love this one. Because I'll say one thing I noticed is Conchu said... 
just do what I do. And then stood behind him. So he couldn't see what Conchu was doing. And they <laughs> that was bugging really me. doing the same thing at that all. That was legitimately bugging me. That's a good point. He did look. I, I got the idea that Conchu did not need Mark at all, but he just wanted him to think he was doing something. Like, oh, this is a good point. <laughs> no, no, that, that, that controller is plugged in. I promise. Yeah, you're playing character number two. That's the bad guy. Oh, you're good. Good, good, good. No. Uh, it is it is weird to see all of that kind of stuff. I, I love the, um, it kind of looked like he was holding, you know, steady with one hand and spinning the sky with the other, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Like, a, you know, like taking the clock back a bit. Uh, you know, I, Kim, the thing that I noticed during this episode is his acting performance in the, the chambers there where the God's chambers where what he is doing, like, if you're looking at uh, on the, like, take a look at that, just on the face of what he's actually doing, you know, he's, he's being taken over by Kanchu and, and, and yelling the entire time. Right. But the other stuff that he is doing, like if, if, a lesser actor did that, we would be laughing to the bank because that would be the most hilarious <laughs> yeah. thing you've ever seen. But because Oscar Isaac is just such a dynamite actor, that scene is not nearly as jokey as, as it could have been. And he even gets to have the moment of like we were talking about earlier in this episode where it, you know, like he has the moment of maybe realizing that he actually is unwell and all of that happens within a three minute span. Like he is really knocking it out of the park. This, it, but you know, I am so in the bag for Oscar Isaac now though, that like, you know, apocalypse aside, he's pretty great in everything he does. And so like, I totally agree with you here. He does a whole lot of the heavy lifting on this show when it comes to the malarkey of the show. And if you had a, 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 even slightly worse actor, I don't think that I would be enjoying this show as much as I am. If you look at all the Avatar uh, people that are the Avatar actors around him and everything, they're staying in their Avatar character the whole time. It is only Khonshu that's coming in and out of Mark during these times. And you can, he's so, he's so freaking good at this that you see it grabbing him, him, the, the line that Khonshu's saying, he's answering the question that's being asked by the tribunal there, and then it letting him go. He doesn't. You don't have to do that. That doesn't have to happen in here. That's a, like a, that's a very intentional so, choice that they've made here, and you can see Kanchu let go of him, and then Mark stand around going like, "Oh crap! I can't believe that all of this is kind of going on." And grants him again. Do you think Oscar Isaac uh, could get nominated for an Emmy for this role? No, they'll never. They'll never give an Emmy out for for a show like this unless somebody has passed away. Do, do you Do you know how many Emmys uh, that uh, that that uh, Mandalorian show got a whole bunch. So sure, but that's a different thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how different. I mean, who knows? He's doing a great job. I think he deserves some attention for it. Yeah, and oh, if for you, sure. And if you look at a lot of different stuff, and uh, especially in particularly this episode, a lot of the what what we'll call mirror acting and stuff, according to the director, was all done in camera. Uh, he's switching back and forth between these reflections when the camera's pointing at the reflection. It is him doing it, and by the time that it's the camera. Pans back to him. He's he's on you know Mark instead of Stephen now. 
Wow. Um, imagine how ridiculous it would look if I tried to do that. I'm going to do that. There's a couple, if you watch again, because I watch with that knowledge for the second time again, if you watch, there's a little bit, they're, they're very smart with it, and they, they kind of have a little bit of lapping audio sometimes where it's just enough to where there's no way in hell he'd have been able to pull that off, but you mm-hmm. sneak it there in post and stuff, and it still kind of looks perfect. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really quite, and like when he's walking into the, uh, uh, the tribunal room, I forget what, that's like in a pyramid or something, I guess. Uh, when he's walking in there, that reflection in there, he's doing that. That's all just real-time acting back and forth with himself. It's kind of nuts. Man, that's so great. That dude that dude doing something over there. Uh, and uh, we hope to do another something next week with another 30 questions. And again, we'd like to get some of those questions from you, just like some of these listeners that you've heard here today. You can email us at marvel30q at gmail.com. Always uh, remember, just make them short, sweet, to the point and everything. And of course, get them in as early as you can. That really helps us out here. Uh, Sean, where else can we find more of your work on the internet this week? I'm going back. Well, have you ever asked yourself man where can i possibly find three middle-aged white guys talk about a tv show called painkiller jane that was a failed experiment in 2005 you are in luck because we uh, are reviewing that this week on hero movie podcast and you should check that out because that's our other show bruce what else I'd like people to check out my YouTube channel. Everybody wants to see what anime dad's up to on YouTube. So you can go to youtube.com slash C slash Bruce Leslie and see me talking about stuff like Attack on Titan, Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Death Note, that kind of stuff. That dad likes some anime right there. I'll tell you that one, boy. Uh, and uh, check out our other 30 questions show. We have a Star Wars 30 questions show where we ask 30 questions about the Mandalorian, but first two seasons of that, and then Boba Fett. And of course, we'll have uh, Obi-Wan coming up in uh, not too awful long as well. Uh, so if you like the 30 question format, watch you head on over and subscribe to that as well. That'll do it, everybody. Join us next week when we're asking another 30 questions for Sweet Sean's and Kovacs from the internet. Bruce Leslie, I'm Anna Portress, reminding you to get yourself a flip phone. <laughs> That I ever knew But I don't care for sugar, honey If I can't have you Since you were there